aquí. ¿Qué es lo que, mi gente? ¿Qué es lo que? ¿Qué es lo que? We're here. We're wow. here. Everybody. Here with my partner yeah. in crime here. We're right here with Venus. Hey, man. How's it going today? Mira, hoy fue un día. Un día. Te digo, te digo. Si empezamos con eso, we'll never get out of here. I'm telling you. I'm telling I you. Know. But look, I tell you, hey, folks, here, mira, this is your Dominican podcast. ¿Qué es lo que? We are starting out here um, on a great, glorious day in the fall. Um, it's Latino Heritage Month. It's Latinx Month. Yes, it is. It's Hispanic Heritage Month. We'll figure that stuff out a little later. Um, but our first guest here today is a good friend of ours, good friend of ours in the show here, um, Topacio Marero hey. here um, from South Hello. Florida. Um, hey. ¿Cómo está? ¿Qué lo ¿Cómo hey? What's up? <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> What's up? Uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited. We're really excited here. I mean, como Dominicano, we could, you know, we could probably talk another 15 minutes about how excited we are. You already um, know. <laughs> you know but, um, but I wanted to get into it. I wanted to kind of jump on in. Um, you know, Topacio is a South Florida-based Dominicana, Afro-Dominicana freelance writer and a poet who brings the gift of mindfulness, of consciousness, and authentic transformation into the lives of those who attend her workshops and speaking engagements. Uh, like me, uh, she was also born and raised in Washington Heights. Um, she also created the Urban Paradigm Shift. That's a platform to cultivate consciousness within urban communities, helping individuals recognize and achieve their full potential and teach them how to sustain their own. Her writing, which has been featured in Blativity, Huffington Post, Change Wire, Vocal Media, Urban Wellness Magazine, and Ain't I Latina, furthers this goal by focusing on conscious parenting, culture, identity, and new thought. Her first book of poetry, Awakening Poetry, is set to be released on Amazon in mid October. Mira, welcome to the show. Thank y'all for having me. And uh, I'm so, I'm extremely grateful. You know what I'm saying? For not, not just for you having me, but for because you're creating this platform, you know, a space to actually, for us to have a space, you know, which is it's dope. Yes, it's dope. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Look, you want to get into it, you know, like your bio said, you were born and raised in Washington Heights. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about that and how you came, you know, how you came to live down here in, in South Florida. Of course, of course. So like many of us, even though we're probably different ages, but my parents um, came to Washington Heights, probably like late 70s. So I was, I'm an 80s baby, um, literally born and raised 176. Um, at that time it was, what was it called? Saint, damn, I don't even know. It's been a while since I did it. <laughs> it was like Audubon. Sure, Audubon. Audubon, there you go. Audubon, but they changed it. I heard they changed it. I almost had a heart attack when they told me that. But I went to PS 115, lived across the street from PS 115. Um, born and raised, all my auntie and uncle, my grandmother had an apartment there for like over 40 years until she passed wow. away. Wow. And then I think my, my uncle kept it. You know how they keep the apartments? I'm not sure how they do that. Um, but yeah, it's been there forever. <laughs> you know it's I'm called saying? rent control. Rent control. For like 60 years and shit. You know, you think like, yeah, we rent up apartments for that long? Yeah, that's crazy. But um, Not like yeah, Miami. Hell no, not like Miami. Um, so born and raised there, my, my, pretty much my whole entire life was like 176 Audubon, St. Nicholas. Um, 
yeah. And then I moved. It ended up being uh, my older sister, who also raised me, uh, besides my mother. She moved to South Florida. And since, you know, early 90s, there was a lot of stuff going on in Washington Heights. And uh, I remember in middle school, just a lot of early, you know, middle schoolers getting pregnant. And I think my family was really fearful, you know, not that I was getting into that type of trouble, but just to, you know, put me in a different environment. They brought me down to Miami uh, when I was like in high school, uh, pretty much a junior. So in the middle of my junior year, I go from going to school in Martin Luther King, transferring all the way to Miami. Um, I had a complete, it was just like another world, you know, <laughs> it was, I called it, I went from a city high school to Sweet Valley High. I'm not sure if y'all remember that show. It was Sweet Valley High. Oh my yes, God. I do. Yeah. I, I don't Man, even ask what high school you went to here. I went to uh, Miami Sunset Senior High School. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was like purely, it was, I didn't have a Dominicano. Maybe it was like uh, some sprinkles of us, pero mayoría was Cuban, and it was like white Cuban, a lot of Cubans, and more Cubans, <laughs> and a lot of white Cubans. So I was just, I was completely displaced. I was, yeah, it took me a while to get adapted um, to it. Wow. Well, that, that part I can say I can understand because I, I did the same thing. You know, there's a there has there we're Hispanics, but when you're from an area that's very much only your culture, yeah. and then you're going into even though it's Latin, it's a complete different culture. It's a culture and shock. You, you, were, yes. Listen, there were Cubans with that looked like Cameron Diaz, blonde, blue eyes, and I had no idea that Cubans even looked like that. So I was like, I was like, why are you Cuban? You know what I'm saying? So it was yeah, it was a big culture shock, and then not having uh, a lot of Dominican, other Dominican students it was like i was kind of lost in the mix for a few years yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and that's what we see a lot right down here in south florida um we see a lot of into the different mixes of folks um you know tell, i mean and, and you've written a little bit about that right you've written a lot about about you know race and 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 you know and and just not only just race among latinos mm-hmm. um but also in terms of within you know in terms of your own journey to figuring that out tell us a little bit about that and especially Ooh. you know that culture shock mm-hmm. how that kind of you know, transit into that. Of course, of course. And I think what started it for me, um, for example, when I was growing up, like the term Afro-Latino, I had, when I first heard it, I had mixed emotions. You know, I know that a lot of us are like, ooh, Afro-Latino, great. Um, you know, we belong in a, you know, we have like this, uh, we belong in this, like, I call it a box because I have a thing with labels. Um, so I had a mixed, like mixed emotions about it because when I grew up, you know, early 90s, in my whatever young adult ages like I remember people would ask me oh what are you which by the way is offensive because we are not a what but anyway um you know yeah you know what are you but yes to get that a lot so I would explain it in like two sentences like yes I am Dominican but I wasn't because then they would be like oh but where were and where in Santo Domingo I was like okay but I wasn't born over there so I'm American (laughs) but I never said Dominican American yo siempre era oh yo soy Dominican you know, I'm Dominican. And yeah, then yeah. I would have to explain how I was born in the Heights. You know, so it was like a two sentence explanation. Um, so for me, once I heard Afro Latino, I was like, okay, Afro Latino. Like it took me, I was like, damn, okay, now this is another label. But I understand that, you know, it kind of it creates this unity for us. But at the same time, I still felt a separation. I felt like um, we still 
for me, you know, personally, I didn't feel like it was embracing my blackness, even though I get it that it's Afro Latino. Um, but I had a lot of mixed emotions with it. Um, and then I'm a mother, so I have a daughter and I guess my journey where I started becoming more aware of my blackness was, for example, with my hair, right? When I started for a long time, I used to use a relaxer. My hair was blonde, you know, my hair was straight. And when I had, when I became a mother and then telling my daughter that she's beautiful, right? The way she is, that's when I started acknowledging, I had to look at myself and be like, okay, I'm telling her, her natural hair is beautiful, but I'm here. So it was like, I had to really question my own beliefs. And if I I was either embracing my blackness or negating it, you know, and that was hard. Like that was really hard. Um, that was really hard for me. Do you, do you think that it has come easier with time that you've grown up or society socially? Because now even, you know, socially we use terms like Afro Latina mm -hmm. and we are more into not necessarily labeling, but co-labeling, I'm going to say, because you hear people saying like, you know, I'm Dominican with this and I'm, you know what I mean? I'm that. So, so do you feel like is it society that's made it easier or just you as you've grown up and developed and and as we just change and evolve ourselves have um, been easier to take that label yeah. and embrace it? I think it's a journey for that um, a journey, my own journey. I've had to go through my awakening because even though society at large is more accepting of it, just within my own family, that term is not something that they use you know what i'm saying like and when i think yes. family, like my siblings my cousins my tia um you know me me primo that's not something that we even talk about you know what i'm saying so for me it's like something that i've done i've been doing working on my you know like my own journey because even those still around me you know like certain family members don't embrace that so it's like me you know having to awaken myself and then be okay that my immediate family may not be okay with that and that's hard you know what I'm saying like that's hard mira yo eso sí yo te entiendo yo te entiendo yo te entiendo yo también me too like okay. and I'll say this I have family members that look closer to you and then I have family members that salieron más blanco con pelos rubio and then at least for me personally and you know going back to like what you said is like my mother her mother's Dominican but mm -hmm. my grandfather is white American wow and my father is Dominican so when I wow. say I have blonde hair blue eyes my I always, people would always tell me when I was younger mm -hmm. you know like when you got the ass like get the way they would be like tu mamá se llama Beverly Scott que eso you know and I'm like uh, exactly. that's her name I don't know what que eso es because they wanted her to be Maria they wanted her to be you know no Aha. and she got like Beverly and we had my mother would literally say Beverly like Beverly Hills California you know like you gotta know herself <laughs> and they'd be like ah Oh. And I'm just like, I don't, 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 I
California. Nació en California. Nació en California. And you're like, um, no, she was born in the Bogotá Browns, Shakespeare Avenue. Like, I don't know. Well, and that's the thing, right? Because como Dominicano, like, we're always like, we got a bunch of different names, right? We have a bunch of, you know, I mean, that's just folks of color in general, right? But, but you know, like, you know, there's anyone who shouldn't be criticizing or figuring out where names come from, right? You figure it'd be our folks, right? Because it's like, mira, that, I mean, for me, the name game was always like, I had, you know, the, the most, you know, Americanized names. So when I was in the Heights, you know, it was like, Siomara, Julelki, Elbert, you know, something. And it was like, Greg, you know, like I could have easily just been named Bob and it wouldn't have been the, the same, you know, the same Bob thing. Garcia. So, Bob Garcia. Mira, there was a, there was a congressman, Puerto Rican, you know, Bob Garcia. So, you, know, you know, so they, they, at least he would have been known. But, uh, but speaking of names, you know, I'm going to flip it a little bit here, you know, Topacio, Topacio Moreira, you know, it, you know, all of us have a little story of our name to tell you that, you know, what, what's, how did you, you know, do you know the story of your name? You know, like what's the, the, the is it a true that? story or one you invented? <laughs> because I, I tell you, my mother better. told me like three or four stories before I finally got to the truth. <laughs> no, so I, you know, I don't know. No, my story is actually funny, but there's not really a story. Well, I changed my name. Um, I did. So my name comes from, I had a niece who passed away young and her middle name was Topacio. And when I went through my biggest awakening, um, I I was like, okay, I no longer feel like the name I was given. And I I guess I guess in a way to reinvent myself, um, I changed my name. So and then I, I took on Topacio. But that she was given that name from the telenovela. Topacio. There's a telenovela from the so when I meet a uh, Tripano, ah, pero mira de la novela, and then I'm like, see, sí, de la novela, that's it, yeah. You know, I mean, it's not that I haven't heard people been named after, you know, stars and this yeah. and that before, pero una novela. My mother wanted to name me Ariel after some protagonist in a novela. And literally, the lady right next to her beat her to it. And my mother was so pissed. Like, she, years later, she would still look at me and she'd be like, Coño, man, you could have been an Ariel. And I was like, Coño, like, you like, what did I do? What did I do wrong? Like, you know, uh, I can't do anything oh about that. Oh, my God. I, lo I love that. No, but that's a good, but 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 it's a good story. It's a very not for anything. It almost sounds a very true Dominican, like Hispanic. Like, where'd you get the I name? No, okay. Novela. Novela. Next thing you know, you'll be going like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's I love it. Look, thing. you know, it, it does it does work for you. I must say, um, th that's that's. I don't even know. You know, I, like that just took me for a loop. The <laughs> novela. No, no, me diga eso. You know, I just we just need to make it very like very Dominican. No, <laughs> very dramatic. Yo. So yes. so so knowing that, would you let your daughter change her name? Like she already, she already does. My daughter just se llama Isabela, and then she started telling me, no, it's Bella. Then <laughs> another time, she's like, oh, at school they call me Izzy. Like she does. Yeah, she's already been changing her name. 
It's like, which week are they at? But wait, look, you've, yeah. talked, you've talked about your daughter. You've talked about in terms of, um, you know, um, in terms of parenting and, 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 and this journey that you've been on. Um, and I know that, that that's also led you to, to do a lot, of, you know, to, to form your company, Urban Paradigm Shift. Tell us, a little bit, you know, tell us a little bit about that and, and, and you know, and and some of the work you're doing there. And, Definitely. And you Definitely. Uh, I've always worked with um, teenagers, especially what they call, and I dislike the label, but uh, at risk, which pretty much anyone is at risk. But um, so with juvenile, <laughs> with teenagers, you know, from urban communities, I've always worked with them. One of my um, favorite things to do. And then, of course, you end up working with parents as well. So what I've gotten into and I started first researching it when I became a mom and then I started doing workshops for other parents um, is conscious parenting. So pretty much it's like um, <laughs> uh, kind of like uh, I don't I know I don't want to put this out there, but it's more like being in tune with your <laughs> with your children instead of like gritándole, you know, cursing, <laughs> actually speaking with your children, not at, you know, a lot of us may have grown up and- you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, and I, yeah, and I was gonna say that I wouldn't necessarily say that's very Dominican, but mm-hmm. very Latin, very, very Latin. culturally. That you know, el papa, el mama, and mm-hmm. and you know. So, what is? Do you think that the reason why you wanted to be very conscious in your um, your parenting is because of being of mixed race? So you wanted to kind of be like, let me really think about or. Or did something happen that you're like, hey, or just changing your, you know, changing changing styles? My perspective. Um, Um, Yeah. For me, it was it was kind of um, I guess growing up like I. I felt like I didn't have those deep conversations, especially with my mom, because she was a single mom and she was going through a lot herself, you know, being a single mother, uh, coming from Santo Domingo, not knowing the English language. So she was going through a lot in her own, you know, in her own world. And then raising children is not is one of the hardest things in the world. Um, But I knew that when I wanted when I became a parent, I wanted to do it a little bit different. Right. And I wanted to do the things that, you know, my mom didn't get to do for me. And one of the things I wanted to do is actually have those deep conversations with my daughter and get to know her as a little person, you know, and not one of the main biggest things for me is I wanted to raise her so she can become the person that she is. And I didn't want to pass a lot of the like unconscious things that are passed on to us when it comes to like how we identify, um, you know, not embracing my blackness. I didn't want to pass that on to her. I, you know, not knowing who are being, uh, I guess, being raised and not knowing who my ancestors were, um, not ever having that conversation that, yes, we have African ancestors. You know, I wanted to have those conversations with her. Um, and that's what led me into wanting to teach and be able to teach other parents how to have those conversations with their children, you know, and instead of hitting my child, actually speaking with them, you know, all those things that probably I wasn't raised with, even though I did have that with my own sister, 
I wanted to be able to develop that with my daughter. And I just think because we're, you know, American and then Dominican, there are a lot of things, especially me being a first generation, there are a lot of things that I felt that I had to learn, you know, uh, kind of like on my own and navigate through <laughs> that I feel other friends that may have been Jamaican or, but that were second generation. I felt like I had to kind of like fall a lot, you know, within my journey and then learn. You yeah, know, and, and, I'll, and I'll piggyback on that regarding, because like on one side, I'm first generation. So when I'm with my father's side of the family that are, I'm first generation American, you know, they're very like, you know, I, you know, my father's like, yo soy tu papa, you know what I mean? And this, this, and this, and this. Now my mother, um, her end, I'm a third generation American. Wow. So it was really a little bit more nurturing, more caring, like, Let's talk about your, you know, I, I know it sounds like it's a little Dr. Phil, but vamos a hablar. Tú sabes, dime lo que tú estás tú sabes, sentiendo. It was more of, so I always got this like back and forth. And sometimes I'm like, I don't want to be over there because I just got to do. Because, you know, even as a child, and I don't know if your daughter experiences this, if she's with the other families, but then you're going there and it's almost like a culture shock because you're used to being able to tell somebody, I don't like what you did. I don't like what you said. Or you, and it's like, ¿Qué? and then they call. They call my mother. Mira, yo no sé lo que tú estás viendo, pero mira. <laughs> no, bro, it's for real. Listen, when she goes to visit her grandmother's, because then my husband is my husband is Haitian American, so my daughter has a Dominican grandmother, and then she has a Haitian grandmother, and they're old school. They are the way they are. So we have taught our daughter. You know, of course, your grandmothers are you know uh, the matriarchs, and you know they have to be respected, and you have to understand like they have their own way. And, you know, there are elders. <laughs> so at times they may ask, you know, <laughs> things of you that, you know, mommy and daddy, but understand that they're your grandmother. So I've had I've had to have that talk with her. And she kind of knows she checks herself, you know, when she's with her grandparents that she knows what she can kind of do with me. No, she cannot do with them <laughs> yeah. Yeah. to learn how to navigate those three worlds. And I think it's also a question also, I think also of language. I mean, I don't know about, about, about you guys too, but you know, for me, you know, it's, you know, it's also like I get to talk to my daughter in the same language, right? Like I can, I, I've never spoke. And although, I mean, my Spanish is good. We always spoke Spanish at home. We didn't speak another language. You know, I can't recall my parents ever telling me that they love me in Spanish, right? Like they're just having an actual language like having like speaking the actual same language um for me it's been such a difference right because not only are you able to have the conversations but you also have right that depths of conversation yeah um exactly. when you're adding a different into the different language there you know um, exactly. no and I, I and yeah i i think that um it's like it's unconscious and conscious at the same time of just having the relationship because in general, I, I always say that I'm very close to my mom, but I must say that I feel closer to my children because we talk and I can, you know, and having three, you know, I don't talk to them the same. So there is a, a closeness that I feel that I'm, I don't, I sometimes go, you know, there's moments that I'm like, 
pero yo no lo tenía así como you know what I mean like I didn't did would I have told my my mom or my dad what my kids are telling me you know what I mean like or sharing with me or diciendo you know what I mean like and I have to and sometimes this is where I go does that make me more American than Dominican or maybe more you know what I mean like and am I losing you know what I mean sometimes it pops into my head am I losing my cult you know what I mean am I losing my culture or am I you know just evolving my culture because or am I you know what I mean like it's I don't know is I always describe myself as like damn I'm, I'm una dominicana rara I was always like I am weird you know what I'm saying because I remember going to college like when I went to UM I tried to join the Dominican club I, I didn't you know I, I didn't feel like I fit in when I was even going to school in high school in New York like it was um I just always felt like the weird one you know what I'm saying like, yes. like I'm American but not really but you know I can speak Spanish yes but I'm not I just I always felt out of place even amongst just Dominicans like I'll be I just I didn't feel so I was always like you know what I'm just that weird one and as I got older I just embraced it and I'm like yo one day maybe I'll find Dominican people that I can like you know what I'm saying I know no, really I definitely but I always felt out of place I don't know <laughs> I don't know if no, I was and I, I'm still know. there and yeah. and I am personally still there oh. and I, I think that's where and I think you know Elburn and I even when we were talking about the que lo que you know that's where these conversations are coming from because it's like are we weird you know what I mean like are we weird I mean, I know I'm. Everybody's unique. God created. You know what I mean? Like, let's. Like, you know, I mean, like, weird anyway. I mean, I think that's the thing that I figured out. Like, I figured out. It's like I think sometimes, and, and, and I think you get to a point in your life, and maybe it's because you get to a point because you're older, or because you're a parent, or because you've been through a lot of crap. But you're just like, you know what? We're all weird. Like, I haven't met a, you know, like a non quote unquote weird Dominican anyway, right? Because todos tenemos una una vaina. Todos tenemos una vaina. Like, there's always something. You know, and so. No, it's and the thing is, and what I and, and it's funny because I've have t- had people tell me that I speak English like a Dominican, right? And so, and I'm not even know what the hell that means, right? But like, but there's a, I, you know, like there's a, there's a, I don't swing, right? I don't swing. I don't swing. You have this accent. They're like, I don't know. You have this accent. It's like Spanish, but they're like, and I was like, what are you talking? Like, what? Are you, I don't even think I have the New York accent. I'm like, really? You hear that? I, yeah, I hear that all the time. But, but everyone has their own opinion, right? Because uh, alguna gente, like, ay, tú no suena dominicano tampoco, sí. you know, like, you know, and no. like that, 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 like, I would call like, that, 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 that Dominican resting bitch face, like, like, and, you no, know, I got it, right? <laughs> exactly, right? Exactly. No, I get it all the time. <laughs> and especially, like, I, it, I grew up here. I went to middle school, high school, like, I grew up here. And when I would speak Spanish to Dominicans, they would be like, Pero tú no suena dominicana. And I'm like, well, I don't know. And then, of course, then I'm like, I also went to school to learn Spanish. I mean, my mother spoke Spanish, my grandmother, but they wanted to make sure that I know how to read and write it. So when you go to class, it's like, vosotros habláis. Mi mamá me quiere. So it's not like, oh, miro. You know, unless I say some kind of like, like statement like that, people go, pero... 
And I've even gotten questions. Are you sure you're Dominican? I'm like, Girl. my grandma's passport y la bandera bien grande. <laughs> listen, listen. When I change <laughs> Girl, listen, when I changed my, when I let my hair natural, that's when I really, I was like, wow. So, you know, and I, I could compare like when people would first meet me, uh, relaxed hair, blonde me versus me now. And I had locks for, there was a moment I had locks. Porque yo soy loca. You were, I was like, ah, loca. yo me levanté un día. My mom was like, what is going on with your hair? <laughs> Tú no te va a peinar. I'm like, mom. I'm like, you know, so I, girl, when I went through that, a lot of Latinos were like, oh, pero, pero soy Dominicana. you know, like I, I, I saw the shift once my hair was more natural, but you know, it's, it's still, it's amazing. I still get that. No, and I think that's, I think that's why we have these conversations. I think that's why we're here. You know, I think that's why we have this platform to, to kind of share and to let folks know, um, because at some point everyone, you know, feels like they're, they're going through stuff by themselves, but there's a whole history. And I think, you know, you've talked about, it. I mean, there's a whole history, not just in terms of folks, um, you know, in the DR in terms of fighting these issues of class racism, racism, you know, colorism, um, but in terms of here in the United States too, right? historia. We've been here at least since the sixties, even before, right? I mean, you know, and we, me and you know, me and you know, we have talked about it. Like, you know, you know, there was a Tuskegee Airman who was, you know, that was Dominicano, right? There was, you know, one of the first Dominicanos, you know, in the New York State Legislature, right? Was also everyone always for years thought he was just African American, but he always said he was Dominican, right? And it's always it's amazing to me that there's a lot of folks out there who sometimes especially even ourselves, we're like, but we never also asked, uh-huh. right? That's the other thing. Cause I get a lot of people saying, I go, I'm like, I've never said I wasn't like, who are you? Like, do I know you? Like, yeah, you damned if you do, you damned if you don't. If you don't. Because, exactly. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, I, I, I've gone to places that people, you know, will be like, Pero tú no me dijiste que tú eres Dominicana. and I'm like, well, first we've never had a, like in my mind, I have to think about a conversation. I'm like, but we never had a conversation about. Exactly. You never asked me. You know, we, we were talking about politics. We were talking about the PTA. When exactly. do I do I randomly should I walk into the room and say, "Hi, yo soy Venus Miguel, soy Dominicana, Americana." Like, like you know what I mean? Like, is that supposed to be like my little catchphrase in my life? Because exactly. it, it does. Even to this day, it bothers me, and I, that's one thing that I can say that. And it's not because I'm Dominican or not. It's just more of like, you know, you're just talking, you're just meeting me and you want me to kind of give you like this bio. You know what I mean? Because if I don't tell you everything all the front, you're always like, pero tu no me dijiste, you didn't tell me. Like Like if I'm hiding it. Yeah, but do you know, and for me, I take that like, okay, are you going to treat me different? Because I told you I'm Dominican and I get it that as humans, we always try to find that connection with each other, whether it's whether it's okay I have natural hair we always try to find that connection but for me it's like it shouldn't make a difference if I'm Dominican like you should still treat me you know what I'm saying like we should still be good yeah, I'm nice Dominican or not. you know what I'm Dominican, saying you know? Yes. yes 
and and I and that's where I kind of struggle because they want like these names and it's like or these titles or like you said earlier a box is it going to be are you going to treat me better because I have you know straighter hair are you going to treat me better because you know that I'm Dominican or exactly. or that I was maybe born in Santo Domingo because I've even had that I've even had people like conversations that I'll be like yeah yo soy Dominicana I'm a member of of organizations you know the Dominican um Democratic Club. And I've had people say, when I say Dominican, ah, pero tú eres americana, nacida en Nueva York. I'm like, oh, okay, uh, I'm still Dominican culturally. I'm Dominican because I wasn't born in, you know, Casa Campo, you know what I mean? Or or I'll, I'll give a shout out to my, my father's side of the family, San Jose de las Matas, <laughs> someplace different uh, that you don't hear that often. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's just one of these conversations that you start saying, to yourself, wow, like and and maybe consciously and 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 this goes to a question for you. Do you consciously, and I know you, you're all about parenting consciously, but do you consciously in your ever in your mind when you talk to your daughter ever say like I really need to like tell her about her Dominican roots or tell her about her Haitian roots or you just think that it's evolved or do you in your mind that I have to teach her what this means? You know what I mean? Like okay. Let me tell you, as much as we try to like shelter our children, they find out on their own. My daughter goes to a school that's like you could say multicultural. So her two best friends, one of her best friends is actually Haitian, both parents Haitian. And her other best friend, both of her parents are Dominican. Okay, so she has one friend that speaks Creole and English and she has another best friend that speaks uh, fluent Spanish and English. And she my daughter came to me one day. She's like, Mommy, um, um, they were saying somebody was you know talking in her class and they were saying how Dominicans don't like Haitian and I was like and I was like yeah baby yeah you know and then I had to have that I had to have that conversation with her you know that older generations and you know obviously we know that there's still people out there um, yes. who are <laughs> who are Dominican that you know they just uh, yeah. they have everything bad that we can say um, just have this stigma against Haitians and I had to have that conversation with her. And I had to go back and even me and my husband make it a point to learn ourselves because we now have to learn in order to teach her like the correct history of Española, of the war in 1804. So it's like I had to educate, re-educate myself in order to educate her. And let me tell you that when me and my husband met, you know, we met here like in South Florida. So, you know, we're like, oh, yeah, okay, you're Dominican. Um, You know, I'm Dominican, you're Haitian. And then we would we laugh about like a lot of similarities. (laughs) A lot of similarities, like his mom and my mom, the main difference is his mom screams Creole and mine is Spanish, but it's literally personalities are very similar. Um, It's main thing is the language. But I remember visiting my family in Dominican Republic. And, you know, as an American, you hear about, you know, Haitian and Dominican, but as uh, being an American, you don't really like, it's not in your face. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, And I'm never really around people that have anything negative to say against, you know, Haitian. Or, or anything like that but when I went to San, when I went to visit my father over there it was everywhere in conversations um, it was like oh my god it's like piano you know and it was just for me I was just like are, is this for real and I went last year and I was like the I told my dad I want a local newspaper because I want to see what's going on he lives in Rio San Juan and on the front page was like 
uh, Haitian Haitianos taking over. And I was like, what? You know what? I was, I was mind blown because being an American, I've never seen that. And sitting at tables with family talking about, you know, Haitians in a negative way. And I'm there like, you know, and I had to, and I had to have that conversation with my father uh, because I hadn't spoken to him for a long time. And he actually did not know that my husband uh, was Haitian. So I had to be like, Papi, mi esposo es haitiano. And I need you to realize that like, you know, your granddaughter is also that. And like, I'm not okay with certain things being said about Haitian. And I had to ask him, how do you feel about Haitian? And it was like, we really got real, but at least he allowed me the space to talk about it. And he was super receptive, but it was like a hard conversation because it is real over there. Like it is, you know, it's real. And, and, it's a, and, and the thing about it is that it's, it's, it's current, right? Because I think yeah. growing up, I think there was always, you know, there was always that discussion, that talk. Um, and yet, you know, in the 80s, you know, like it was a different conversation, right? It wasn't up there. Yeah. Like now, literally, you are like having people and, and you've got the grandson of Tujillo running for office and you've got all these things. And it's a weird, like we're living in a weird time where, um, where things that you would think that would be common sense around hatred and things like that would be you know would be wouldn't be like that right and so it's 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 really it's hard we you know you have you know when you have those things um and and because it's so present right like and i talked you know i talked to my parents about it but they've been here since the 60s right so they've been living you know here they they had co-workers you know who were jamaican and haitian and stuff like that and so like it's interesting to see them as older folks talking to younger cousins and folks in dr because for them it's a totally different world right it's a totally yeah. yes it's it's an old hatred and it's not that they don't, you know, they don't recognize those things, but it's, it's, it's just, it, as my mother said, it's like, you know, living here and hearing those words. And then like, you know, she lives up in, she doesn't live in Miami. She lives in Palm Bay, but then hearing people talk about like, you know, Mexicans and Trump and things like that, she's like, there's no freaking difference. Right. And so that's the, you know, like that's, yeah. that's the hard thing to accept. Right. That, 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 that there's a similarity there. Right. Um, which is really, really, really um, scary um, to think about. It's yes, scary. it is. Uh, and it we can't, yeah. And we can't. I don't. Not, I don't oh no! I'm sorry. Go ahead, Albert. Say something. No, no I was going to say that we can't. I mean, like these are issues that we want to continue to talk about. Um, I mean, Tapasi, you bring up a lot of good points. You know, how do you, you know, how do you raise yeah. um, not just an intercultural, you know, child, but also, you know, how do you raise in some two different cultures who are, you know, historically have issues, right? Uh, yeah, other, exactly. right? Like, I mean, there's a whole there's a, there's a whole panel and series of conversations that we could be doing on DR and Haiti, and which we hope to do and talk to folks and things like that and so we really appreciate you like you know kind of beginning and talking about it and also just the role of culture right like I think you know for me when I think about culture you know, yes my father knows certain things but my mother was always the conveyor of culture right in our household yeah right in terms of telling us to do taking us what to cook and eat and things yeah. like that in my household I'm the Dominican my wife's Puerto Rican right so and she's like so my, my my daughter knows a bunch of stuff about Puerto Rico um but it's up to me in some ways right to, to pass along the art stuff which is a totally different thing from a from a modeling standpoint right so I mean, that to me, I think we'd love to at some other point, you know, talk a little more deeply about like Definitely. as parents, what do we know? What's our role? What's our responsibility? What's our deliberateness about that? Um, but we had some pretty deep conversations. I think now is the most yeah. important part of the conversation where we get to our segment called Los Tres Golpes. Okay. All right. Very rapid fire. Ready? 
Are you ready? ready. Are you ready for this? Be quick. Always ready. Always ready. Okay, 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 okay. Always. Quick. Merengue or bachata? Merengue to dance, bachata to listen. Ah, como dominicana. I don't have the third way, right? I like it. Totone or maduro? Oh, man, that's a hard one. Ah, tostones. Okay. For our non-alcoholic people, Morizo Ñando or Country Club Soda? Country Club. Country Club. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, right. my God. It, uh, that's, oh my that's fine. God. I mean, we should get sponsored by, by Country Club. No, it was a, a band. No, it's a, it's a boy George. No, it's a Country Club. Okay. <laughs> George. Yeah. Ese hombre, ese hombre I remember, wait, wait. I remember my grandma telling me about Boy George, but she kept saying, Ese muchacho Jorge. And I'm like, Que muchacho Jorge. Que muchacho Jorge. And you were a lot of Jorge, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I was like, and she could, que está en el televisor. And I was like thinking about it, thinking about it. And I was like, Grandma, I don't know who you're talking about. And she was talking about Boy George. And I was like, when I, it hit me, like, I was like, when she one day pointed it out, ese, ese, I was like, oh, because, you know, like, I don't think about translating names. He's always going to be Boy George. I'll never refer to him as Boy Jorge. Hijo Jorge. Hijo. Hijo. Anyway, you know, we laugh and we and and, and we love at golpes. We you know, this is Mangu for your soul. This is que lo que. This is yes. what we want um, for everyone to hear and listen to. Uh, as we wrap up, you know, because we could be here for hours, but but as we wrap up, um, you know, I, I think one of the last questions you talked a lot about your daughter. Um, we we all have kids here. We love our kids. You know, what's something that you would want your daughter to know? about you but maybe you might not want her to know right now <laughs> right but like but eventually like it's something that you know you might not be able to have that conversation now, but, yeah. but what is it you know about you that you would like you know your your daughter or, or and you know and you know to, to know uh well she's always seen me do not crazy things but i'm the type that i'm always like um I'm always into doing something new. Like right now I'm taking swimming lessons. Don't laugh. Um, and next I'm learning how to fly a plane. So she always sees me doing, you know, out there things and just growing. And the one thing I want her to know is that I'm still scared. Right. But I still do it anyway. Um, Cause sometimes she may think I'm fearless, but I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I still get scared, um, but I do it anyway. So I want her to know, like, it's okay to be scared and actually try new things. Um, but for, no, it is. That's a that's a good way. That's a good thing to have your your daughter know that mommy gets scared sometimes. <laughs> oh, you know, and 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 the thing is too that that's what courage is, right? That, that that's the way that people folks say the definition, right? Courage and bravery is not not the absence of fear right but being scared and still doing it right and still so, doing it anyway yeah. doing it anyway but look uh you know you're fearless in our eyes you know we really appreciate you you being our first guest in terms of over here um any last words to the dominicanos that you may want to say out you know in terms of you know out in terms of give you your last words or last thoughts 
<laughs> Kelo K. <laughs> Well, how did you like being on Keloke? Huh? I loved it. Are you kidding me? Like, I want more. I hope y'all do this like every week so I could be tuning in to something with conscious content for real. I'm serious. Um, I love y'all. No, and we would like to invite you back to talk about some other yeah. issues and hopefully maybe uh, bring you Definitely. back on to talk specifically about your book uh, and your programs. So, uh, you know, just for all of the people that are listening, watching, you know, this is not about excluding. It's just about highlighting and promoting each other. And I want to thank you again for being on. This was so much fun. You know what I mean? Like, vamos a claro. Yo tenía un tiempecito. I like it. I like it. I love it. I can't can't think of a better way to spend you know to spend spend time with Mira. It, uh, everybody have a good night here, and uh, we will we will be back. We'll be back. Let's be because Topacio wants it, we're going to be back. Um, as long as there's one Fantastic. person out there and as long as there's Bonchincha to tell and then Dominicans to spotlight, we'll be here. Take Fantastic. care, everybody. Peace.